0: Hello my friends, welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. We're so happy to have you join us on a weekly basis where our goal is to share tips, insights and practical guidance to help you grow and prosper. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another Saturday afternoon podcast broadcast of the Kindness and Happiness Connection. Happy to be here with you. I'm Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver, and I'm here along with my wonderful co-host, Elia Gorgoras, the Happiness Doctor. How are you doing today, Elia? I'm
1: happy. The sun is out. We can walk outside. We can breathe fresh air. It's better than uh, how it has been. <laughs>
0: <It's> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got this... Uh, lovely fake uh, Zoom uh, background behind me with a beach and the waves coming in and out and a tree blowing in the breeze because it's been kind of gray and rainy here in Iowa. So I'm just trying to fake my mind out and make me think I'm somewhere else. But we're happy to be here with you. and glad that you could join us today. And we have the wonderful opportunity and privilege of interviewing Wendy Gilhula. She is uh, an amazing author of Children's Kindness Books. And she's also the creator of uh, several apps. And her mission statement is to help people navigate in a difficult world. She, she firmly believes that kindness and love are, ac- love are actions. And she created a, just recently a new podcast called the Right Kind Podcast for new artists and writers, which are trying to break into the to writing children's picture books and storybooks. And she's combining that with positivity and kindness to help support those new writers. Wendy, welcome. We're so glad to have you here with us today.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, listening
1: to Randy's wonderful introduction of you, I heard three different words that, that totally resonated
0: with us. Kindness, happiness, and navigating. So all three of those are important.
2: They sure are. They sure are.
0: Well, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your own word?
2: Well, I'll, I'll just talk about what I've been doing in the past few years and during this, pan, this pandemic that we have going on. So I used to be a choreographer and I have brought some manuscripts out from the drawers, dusted them off and actually have been published. And when I thought that was just the, I thought that was going to be the end, like the end of the rainbow. And it has been such a platform just to, to springboard, to talk about kindness, to talk about courage. And now during the pandemic, I even started a podcast from my closet. And that's where I'm, I am am right now. I call it the clubhouse. And that's where I am right now. This is where I do my best thinking.
1: <laughs> Everybody has their safe spot or their place where they get creative. So mine is always in the shower. It's kind of a weird thing. But hey, whatever works. Closets,
0: showers, what? What's yours, Randy? You know, the weird thing is, is mine is I wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) and my mind starts churning and all these ideas start coming and I have to get up and write them down. It kind of drives me crazy sometimes (laughs) because that's when I, or early in the morning is when I get my best inspiration.
2: Well, you're not kidding. Sometimes I, you know, I have to have a pad by the side of my bed. Because if I don't scribble down a few words, I'm going to forget it. And then I'm like haunted by like, I had a really great idea at two in the morning. What was it? I can't remember what it
0: is. (laughs) I used to do that. But uh, I found that uh, my wife is not very happy with me if I flip the light on so I can write stuff down. And if I try writing in the dark, I get up in the morning and find that I've just uh, scribbled a bunch of gibberish that I can't figure out anyway. And I can't remember anything either. I've
2: done that before too. I tried to use the light of my phone, like over on the side. Right. You
0: know, yeah, my, my wife uh, w- wakes up immediately. So, Hey, Wendy, uh, rumor has it that you create
1: apps. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I sure do. Apps about kindness. I have a line of apps called Pika Apps, P-I-K-A. Pika Bunny happens to be my main character, but Pika in the apps, uh, the brand stands for, the trademark is Practice Intentional Kindness Applications.
0: I love it. Wow. That is, that is great. So tell us, how did you get started? Where did that come from?
2: Okay. Well, to be perfect. Well, there's a story where I am on Skype and I'm talking and I'm reading a book to children in a classroom. And before it got started, it was live and I, I could watch what the kids were doing. Kids were getting settled. And one of the boys on the second row was being unkind to a boy next to him. And I guess the teacher didn't see it. And, you know, I I kind of wanted to call him out on it without calling him out on it. But I, I had a perfect opportunity because I said, oh, you are in the blue shirt on the second row. What does your shirt say? And he looked down and he looked up with me in pride and goes, my shirt says kindness is cool. Well,
1: how <laughs> you know, like, ironic. How
2: ironic. This how kid. ironic. <laughs> so you know, to me, it was you know kind of funny. Nobody else got, got, got it, but at least, you know, I kind of stopped it. And it kind of, it kind of made me wonder after the reading. I, I guess I was dreaming about it. Like, how, how do we know when we're like we want to wear the t-shirts? We wanna, we want to wear the symbols of kindness. But are we really being kind? And how can we track that? And I literally woke up. I think it was, I think it was, um, you know, from an idea from my heavenly father. And I woke up and I thought to myself. I'm going to I'm going to create an app that tracks kindness. It's going to track it in home, school, and for our planet. And then I remember looking down the floor and seeing the wood, and my feet hit the floor, and I just figured it out. I mean, I didn't develop it myself. I had to get help, but I just woke up with it and just just ran with it. And I thought I don't, you know, I don't care if anybody sees it, but me, I'm just going to develop it. So I developed it for children. Then once it was, I put it on LinkedIn, I got a lot of feedback from adults saying, you know, I love this app. I'm substituting school and workplace. So I thought, oh, I can do that. I can reskin my my IP. And I did. I skinned it for, um, you know, the average person, kindness at the workplace, kindness at home, and kindness at our planet. And I was just getting ready to do the um Acts of Kindness Week at MIT. MIT found out about my children's wow. app and they scheduled a, a time to meet with me. But this was, the, the time to meet was March 13th and on March 11th, the whole, you know. Shut down. thing hit. And <laughs> yeah, I think that was, it worked out. I think it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. So it's really been fun and I've got my third, my third app is um, being developed right now. My third peak app.
0: Wow, that's great. That's incredible that's great and, wow but let's back up before the app you talked about Pika Bunny what is a Pika bunny tell us what that is and it's tell a us great how name, you, by the way I don't know what yeah. it is but I love it it's, great. it's a great name you're gonna <laughs> love
2: it. you're gonna love it even more just wait. And,
0: and tell us about how you wrote the you know got into writing books
2: I've been creating stories ever since I was small and then many de- a couple decades ago I actually typed out a manuscript sent it to a publisher and it got rejected. The publisher said kindness was not relevant. So I hid it away for a really long time. That's how I got started. I've been telling stories through dance. I told stories through dance after that for a long time. And then I tutored math for 17 years. And one of my math students said, you know, what do you do all day when you're not tutoring? And in my mind, I had uh, kind of a negative dialogue. I said, I write books that kids are never going to read. But I, you know, I just kind of laughed it off. Like you never know what Wendy's doing. And then that bothered me. So then I just got courage and just started reading my manuscripts. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just do it for myself. Maybe I'll just publish for myself, for my children who are in college now. You know, soon they'll be having their own families. And then it just grew and grew. And then it became this platform for kindness and finding courage. And I feel so blessed. I feel like it's, none of it is in my hands. I, you know, I, I lift it up, but it's been a very, very rewarding journey.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. And what age group kids would, like, what age group are we talking about? Is it teenagers also or is it just younger kids?
2: It's it's mostly younger kids. And the reason why I chose younger kids is because I think we're, most of us are, are born with that ability to be kind. Like when a child brings you a flower or brings you a leaf, maybe they don't want to give it to you, give it to you. Cause you ever had a toddler give you a leaf and then they want it back. I think they just want to share with you the joy they find in that leaf or in that flower. And then I think that life experiences sometimes kind of, I don't want to say beat us down, but like,
1: no, you, you can say that. Us. Okay. You recondition us. It. Absolutely. So I
2: thought, if we if we get those kids before they start really um, feeling feeling those impacts and letting them affect them, if we can reinforce kindness and make it make not a habit but just make it a lifestyle, then maybe as they get older, it will not diminish as much.
1: You know what's really interesting, Wendy? Uh, according to studies, that in elementary school, girls, young girls talk in the classroom as much as young boys do. But when they get to middle school, the young boys start teasing them. They start body shaming them and, and so on. So a girls' voices, quote unquote, pull back and bullying comes in at, at that age as well. So there's a, there's a correlation between the two. So I think what you're talking about is so profound because if we can help those young boys and young girls, teach them how to be kind early on. Maybe when they get to those tween years, when they begin to have a little sassiness and a little bit of attitude, maybe it prevent them from being unkind to one another.
2: Maybe people will um, practice standing up and saying, "eep," like the book that um, I wrote, Peekabunny Says "eep." My friend and neighbor said to me, Wendy, you need to write it. A... Oh, we did... I never asked you what Peekabunny was. Yes, what <laughs> so is that? Sorry. I mean, still,
1: we still want to know. Inquiring yeah. minds want to know, Wendy, what is that?
2: Oh, manuscript, that's why I was talking about it. Um, my main character was Jack. He was a rabbit with white rabbit with long ears. And when I brushed off the manuscripts, I thought, you know, there are enough white bunnies with long ears. So I started researching. Well, there's a cousin to a rabbit called an American pica, or you can call it American pika. And it's just been discovered in the United States like in the last 10, 10 or 11 years. A lot of people don't even know about it. And scientists are trying to get it on the endangered species list because. it lives high in the mountains and it has to keep moving higher and higher because of global warming. So I thought, oh, if I ever could get this published, how fun would it be to go to to classrooms and talk about the American pika because most of those kids don't know that Pikachu, they know who Pikachu is, is American pika. They think it's a mouse because um, the company called it a mouse for Americans because Americans didn't know what a pika was. So it's really fun to show them YouTube videos of the pika in its natural habitat. So I base my main character, Pika Bunny, off of a, an American pika and what it does in its habitat. So when there's a predator in the habitat, a, a pika or a pika will yell, "eep," And what it does, it's saying no, and it's telling all the neighbors, hey, there's something going on, be aware, be aware. So when my neighbor asked me to write this book, like, how am I supposed to write a book about bullying? Nobody even wants to talk about bullying. Schools are overwhelmed with it. Everybody is is everywhere. How do you? I even talk about it. So I went and read every book, children's book I could find at the library about bullying. Every any book I could find about bullying. So I found out what was already out there, and then figured out the story that I wanted to tell.
1: Can I can I share something with you about bullying? Because I, I'm very passionate about it too. Um, and this is something that I share with my kids when they were growing up. I mean, they're off in college now too. But but when I was a psychologist, I used to work with a lot of teenagers and a lot of kids in the middle school. And obviously, when you're being the victim of bullying, it impacts your self-worth, your self-esteem, makes you depressed, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, here's what I want you to do. Because it's not just enough to, to listen to a kid being bullied and be empathetic and loving and caring and all that stuff. It's like, you got to give them tools. I'm like, next time a bully comes up to you, don't address the bullying and they're like what i'm like no ask him this one question to the bully how come you're so unhappy now the bully has two choices either he gets really mad or says well what makes you think i'm unhappy i'm not unhappy what do you what are you, you know and then your answer is as simple as this well only unhappy people mistreat other people end of story so now the bully either has to own it because if they get more mean see you just prove the point but a lot of times bullies didn't know how to deal with that so they walked away because they were so flustered by it because the kid who was standing up to the bullying in that way was speaking truth. Right. And whatever your facade is, your bravado, your, your outside demeanor, deep down inside, you know you're unhappy or else you would never treat the other kids that way. So you get straight to the core. And that would end the bullying right there and then. I, was- I hear
2: you. Well, when I was saying the premise of the book, when I, I was reading to a group in Knoxville, Tennessee, and my Peekabunny Says "Eep," was in editing, And I was telling them the premise. And the premise is most of the bullying in school is being witnessed by many people. It's not just a one-on-one situation. It can be, but more likely than not, there are people watching. And I said, eep means no. And if you witness it, you can speak up and just say eep. And then I heard some kids talking on the other side. So I just walked over to see what they were talking about. And there was a little girl in the middle and her eyes were huge. And she was looking up at me like, what's going on? And there were like two circles of kids who were gently just saying, eat. And I looked at the kids that were talking and I said, is it working? And they all nodded their heads. And I thought, oh, wow, this is going to work. So the premise of the book is Bunny's trying to figure out where bullying comes from. So he's asking adults questions and the adults don't know why he's asking the question. And then he runs off to another devil. How do you find courage? Because it takes courage to say eat, right? Even for yourself. And then you see Bunny running to a friend who is a chameleon and Um, she's getting bullied and the bully's making her change colors because that's her magic trick. And he says, why are you doing that? And of course, the bully goes and turns to Pika because it's just one person standing up for somebody. Then the bully has power over two people. But what Pika had done is that when he, he was running, he got attention of his friends and then they saw what was going on. And then they just said, Eve. And when you have four or five people just saying no, then the bully can't win anymore. Right. It's not bullying the bully, it's just saying no or eat. And it actually a lot of classrooms use it around the world and it's been working. It's just it's just it's just words to remind them, this isn't acceptable. We're not yelling at you. And what we even practice it. So I have one person stand up to be the pretend bully and then one person be pretend bullied and I count to three. I say one, two, three, and the bully pretends to be say something or say something that's supposed to be mean and then everybody's quiet and I said what What can you say and they're like oh I get it now let's practice again and I'll say one two three and then you'll just hear beep 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 and then the person who's pretending the bullying will literally turn their backs away you can tell that they're overwhelmed by it and they just kind of turn their back then everybody gets it so <laughs> it it's a way for because I feel like a lot of the children and young people who are witnessing the bullying, they don't have a full paragraph or a power statement to make. And then they don't want to be a target, too. But no, they if, need something simple, though. Right. And if yeah. everybody says it, then the, the bully can't win because the bully has power over no one. And
1: there's power in numbers, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Like you said, if you get three or four people, that's probably enough for the bully to walk away because like, one person can not really intimidate that many at the same time.
0: Very good. Thank you. That is quite the creative way. It's interesting. I love the way that you did that. A creative and simple way to create a powerful tool to be able to persuade bullies that, hey, you know, it's not okay. And to influence those kids to have the courage to stand up and just say, no, it's, it's not okay not okay to do this and it, in, in a way and it does it without them having to be bullies themselves they can do it in a way that they don't turn into bullies and hopefully the person who is doing the bullying can learn something and come to understand it's not okay to do this and people aren't going to put up with it
1: and, and i promise you randy and when it too, the every bully has been bullied at home usually oh yeah
0: yes, yes. indeed we yeah. talk
2: about that. We talk about that. I said, you don't, if the person's during the bullying is bullying, then they're probably getting bullied somewhere we can't see. Right. Yeah. And I don't say at home, but like it's probably yeah, where it you know, could be happening at home.
0: Yeah. Most of the Not likely. in every
2: case, but not every case, of course. Yeah. But somewhere else, somewhere else we can't see, so it's probably happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What uh, made you decide you wanted to start a podcast?
2: Well, I had, I've been on like, over 70 podcasts. And then a lot of people were telling me, you know, when do you have a lot to say? You should think about doing your own podcast. And then I was thinking, what would I even talk about? And then I was like, you know, my mission statement is to help people navigate a difficult world. So it has to fit under my umbrella. And then I remembered when I first started bringing out my manuscripts again, I was trying to reach out to other authors to, you know, just ask simple questions or get some input. And a lot of times i found a lot of unkindness. It's like either they were rude or they didn't even respond. Really? And they made me feel small. And I thought, well, how how can I, I need to create a community or a place where people are starting out in basically um, the art form of writing for children. I mean, it can go over into other art forms like you're, or if you're just starting a journey, plus kindness. And I don't like to say kindness critiquing like I I have a a business now where I consult and I do creative feedback. So if somebody wants to bring me their first draft of a manuscript, I will use all my years of experience in storytelling and creativity and I will dive into that manuscript and ask big questions and you know just give them what I always wanted wrapped up in kindness. Just creative feedback and you know you can give them feedback in a beautiful way and if they, they, they did you know take what they want and leave the rest whatever but there, I didn't know of anybody doing that so that's the community I'm trying to build with the with the right kind of podcast
1: no I think that's great because oftentimes people say can I give you some constructive criticism and I'm like that's an oxymoron there's nothing constructive about criticism and if you give it to me you're a moron yourself no <laughs> <laughs> but well, but but yeah. creative feedback is beautiful, and it, it, or feedback with kindness. I like I like the way that you share that, because then people are receptive to what you have to say. Even if you're making a, helping them to make a course correction in their manuscript, you're doing yeah. it in a kind way. People are usually very open to that and very accepting and like, thank you, Wendy.
0: I was just going to say, it's interesting you say that because when, when, the way you put that, feedback with kindness, that's door opening. You, you've heard the statement, kindness builds bridges to hearts. When you treat people that way, you make a human connection and, and they, they're willing to open their door. The way Elia talked about a constructive criticism, as soon as we heard that, hear that word, criticism, what happens to the door to our heart? It just pff, shuts. Shuts or you're tight. are
2: protective, you're protecting yourself.
0: Yeah, you yeah, and, and and any connection you may have had tends to, to and not necessarily be broken, but like be severely strained or something like that.
1: And you can still give feedback, truthful feedback that helps the other person, but if you do it with kindness, I, my experience has been people don't drop their defensiveness and they're open to it and they're thankful actually that you, you have the courage actually, you must care enough about me to give me that kind of loving, kind feedback, so yeah, that's great.
2: You just recently, I was in a Facebook group with um, a famous children's author who was um, giving instruction for free and then taking questions. And then I noticed a couple times he would give back, he would give an answer and it was like cringeworthy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you know, very impatient and like they've heard that question. Ten, he said, I already covered that 10 minutes ago. But in the defense of the new author, he didn't really cover what they asked. He just, in his mind, it all went together. And, you know, not, everybody's, not everybody can teach. Not everybody can, can be helpful in a, in a kind way. So I was like, yeah, this podcast is on.
0: <laughs>
1: what are some final thoughts that I, just speak from your heart that you want to share with our audience? What can you share with them? You know, why that's important and why you chose that to be your life's mission? They, you do it in a very unique and creative way, by the way. So I applaud that. I don't. I've never heard of anybody do it the way you do it, uh, which is great. Uh, because yeah, I love it. this, it's it's not something you hear every time the way Wendy's doing it, right, Randy? So what can you share with us?
2: Well, I I want to encourage people to to find their courage to do something because sometimes it takes a lot of courage to reach out and do something kind. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but Um, especially if you're not used to reaching out in that way. So find your why, find why Mm. you want to be kind. You know, you don't have to have a, a mission statement, but you know, just think about your life. And, you know, I always think Legacy and I don't want legacy, Ooh, big word, but legacy, no, no, is, big word. No, no, no.
1: legacy is important. It
2: yeah, is absolutely. important, but I don't want it to sound like, oh, Wendy's got a legacy. But I, that's what my I I want a legacy. I don't want a career, of course. I, I want to work, I love working, but I don't want my work to be what people remember me for. I want to be remembered for the way I treated you when you needed help or when you asked a question or when you. When you met me or when we had dinner together or something like that.
1: And and honestly, from an eternal perspective, that's the only thing that's going to matter. Not what you did, but how you treated others.
2: Yes, I believe in that. So that's a core value that I've always had. And I've always tried to strengthen that value.
1: Me
0: too. And Randy too. I know
1: I can speak for him as well. That's what guides us. It's really making a difference in
0: this world. That, you know, that was a beautiful response, Wendy, and, and inspiring. And I think our audience can take some great thoughts away from today's podcast. We're so grateful that you are willing to come on and, and share your amazing talents and abilities with us and share some uh, inspiration and guidance and direction. And, and we just really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today.
2: Well, thank you very much. And I, I hope that some of your listeners will come over to the Right Kind podcast as well because it's about kindness. They don't have to be a writer and just, um, you know, cheer me on. I could always use another cheerleader. And you
0: where can they yeah. find you?
2: wendygilhula.com
0: So they can come and find you at wendygilhula.com. Is it, do you have a, what, what's the, how do they find your podcast? Is it linked from your website?
2: It is linked from my website and they can go to anchor.fm forward slash Wendy Galhula or go to Spotify, search for Rightcast, right cast, right? W R I T E kind podcast, and it should be on Apple any day.
0: Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Wendy. Thank you. Elia it's another great. Thank you, ten- Wendy. We appreciate you very much.
2: I appreciate you. you both of what, what you're, you're both doing. So you're an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Another great episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. We appreciate you, our audience, for joining us today and hope that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And
1: next week we have... Stay Bright, Christy Stout, which has a wonderful organization called Stay Bright. And so we're staying with the message of kindness, happiness, and brightness.
0: Look forward to having uh, Christy on and uh, stay tuned for that because it'll be a great episode. If you have suggestions for discussion topics, please visit anchor.fm slash kindness hyphen happiness and follow the instructions in our show description. Remember, kindness is a choice.
1: And happiness is your choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow.
0: Have a wonderful rest of your day.